Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. I often wonder what people's responses are when someone asks them, you know, how's it going? And if you're like a lot of people these days, your response is probably something like, it's busy, really busy. And that seems, that busyness almost seems to be a badge of honor these days. Unfortunately, it's really destroying what we say we want our lives to be like. And I was reminded of this last night. I was watching TV, and there was a commercial that came on, and it was a young couple sitting at the kitchen table having dinner, and both of them were glued to their smartphones. No conversation between the two of them, and then at the very end of the conversation, they, the camera drops underneath the table, and you see that she's kind of rubbing his leg with her foot, like that's the way they're going to be intimate. And, you know, it just it made me crazy because I actually see this all the time when I go out. I'm in restaurants with my daughter or with my husband, and the people aren't even talking to each other. And um, a colleague of mine wrote a book a while back where he said that for a good, solid marriage – The partners need to be spending 15 hours of uninterrupted one-on-one time with each other a week. And when I ask my clients how much time they spend together, they look at me like I'm crazy, like we're supposed to spend time together. We don't have time to spend time together. And when I tell them that 15-hour statement, they really think I have lost my mind. But nothing thrives on neglect in your marriage and your family aren't any different. And despite this ever-present pressure, it isn't necessary for you to give into it. And to talk about how you can change all of this immediately, I'm joined today by Dustin Reichman. He's author of The 15-Minute Marriage Makeover, and he's the creator of EngagedMarriage.com, a website that's devoted to helping married couples live a life that they love. So, Dustin, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Leslie. I'm really excited to be here. Right. Now, the reason why I I wanted you on this week as soon as possible is because I had read a blog post that you wrote, do this instantly to be happier, it may shock your spouse. Now, what is it that you're telling people that they need to do immediately? Sure, yeah, it's it's kind of the uh, the antidote to, to what you were describing in the intro there, which, you know, I've experienced firsthand uh, as a dad of three kids under the age of 10. Um, it's extremely busy, and and what what we found is kind of the, uh, the way around that um, was to get away from this idea of having balance in your life, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about, about that, but instead to set some mm-hmm. boundaries. And so really what this, this instant thing you can do to feel happier, to feel some relief, and to start feeling really closer to your spouse right away is to talk to them and just set one simple boundary. And we, you know, we talk in the post and we can talk here, you know, what are some, some samples or what are some things you can actually do practically um, to be, to, to set up healthy boundaries in your life. Uh, but it was all about trying to preserve um, some special time and, and special time for different areas of your life rather than trying this right. mythical balance of scales of all these, you know, all the things, all the roles that we play. Um, that, that's really unrealistic. And I wanted people to breathe easy, you know, but actually, but, but take some action and do something practical that will make a difference. 
Well, and that's really the case. I mean, and and I tell people, I I have two children, and I tell them they're not. I don't have children anymore. I actually have adults because they're both over the age <laughs> of eighteen. But you know, we've actually done a lot of that. And I I remember driving my kids to their middle school, and there was this big billboard, and it was on the billboard. It was you know the goal. Have dinner with your family once a week, and I'm going. That's your oh. goal. <laughs> to me, that's like you. You know, but you, you know, we have all these people where you know. I talk to my clients, and they say, "Well, you know, Susie's got soccer at you know five, and Joey has football practice, and then there's music, and you know." And I'm like, "Going, I'm exhausted just sitting here listening <laughs> to you." Yes. Yeah, and I mean that's that's the life of a lot of our friends, and you know. And it's not that we're immune to that either. I have a son who plays no. uh, a lot of baseball. I help coach that. You know, I, I do a, I do a, I do a whole lot also. Um, but we kind of first and foremost set priorities, right? And and some of these things bend, but we really are careful not to break them. So there are certain things that mm-hmm. we do that puts our marriage, you know, our puts our faith first, then our our marriage, then our kids, and then everything else. That's really how we try to lead our lives. And it's one thing to say that, and as you said in the intro. I think a lot of people would describe what they want their life to be like, but then the reality is, is they don't get there, and, and it's this kind of curse of busyness, and it's this feeling like we're always on, right? And, and I think the smartphones um, that you described on date nights is a really good example of that. Even when we do have the time to be alone with our spouse, we we, we get so used to being busy that it actually becomes uncomfortable, and we feel like we have to constantly be consuming information or be distracted um, we can't just be and that's um, you know and that's the first step I think away from that is this idea of setting some boundaries and setting some really specific times that you will just be because there are rules around these times um, to, to really um, you know make that a reality uh, and, and I think right. it's just vital and I think it's it's one of the things that's tearing a lot of marriages and a lot of families apart right now is is all the busyness Right. And, you know, and I actually have clients who've told me that if they're not busy, they're wasting time. And most anybody who has any kind of creativity, you know, they say, well, you need that downtime to be able to process, to be able to experience. And I don't know, maybe is that what it is, is that people are just kind of afraid of their own feelings and like you said you know suddenly we're staring at each other across the table and I don't have anything to say to you but part of that is because we've gotten ourselves out of touch right yeah absolutely I mean I think we um, you know it's chemical changes in our brains and it's it's a drug to always have these little doses of information you know whether it's a Facebook update or an email Um, and the only way away from it is to make it off limits and it's not realistic for people to make it off limits, you know, all day or all night, especially at first, but it's really starting, you know, a lot of, a lot of the themes that engage marriage and, and my book that you mentioned are about 15 minutes. And you mentioned the 15 hours, uh, which mm-hmm. I think is an awesome goal and <laughs> probably something that sounds completely unrealistic to almost everyone in American culture, at least. Um, and, you know, so what mm-hmm. we, what we talk about instead as a starting point is 15 minutes a day. Um, and that's one of the boundaries, you know, that in, in the post that I think is really important. It's probably been one of the cornerstone things that's helped our marriage really take a turn for the better. And I'd say the last five or six years, um, we went to a, a marriage retreat 
we actually invited there to speak, which is ironic, um, and, and we, <laughs> we did speak. But, you know, as part of being in the audience, we picked up some things. And one of the key things we picked up was this idea of couple time, you know, just being mm-hmm. uh, time to just be a couple and not be all the other roles. You're not a parent. You're not an employee. You're not a blogger. You're just a, a couple, and you're able to, to hang out. And it's not easy to do um, when you haven't done it for a while. And so what we kind of prescribed to people is 15 minutes of couple time a day. Um, and, and that's a, one of the boundaries. So for us, that happens to be at around 8.30 every evening. So once the kids are in bed, before we go off mm-hmm. and do all other things, because we have a lot going on, we make a concerted effort to spend 15 minutes together, just my wife, Bethany, and I. And that might just be sitting on the couch with no TV, no phones, chatting about our day. It might be, um, you know, sitting on the front porch, having a glass of wine if it's nice outside. It, the, the setting is not um, all that important. The idea is is though that the cell it's phones the are away attention. from us. Yeah, the TV is away from us. It gives us a chance to start talking without any real um, goal in mind. And a lot of times those end up being the best conversations. You know, a lot of times that becomes an hour when it was intended to be 15 minutes. But the 15 minutes is, you know, the, the sacred part of that. It's like, yep, I know at 8.30, I know I have to, you know, write a blog post or I'm doing a podcast interview tonight and she may be doing, you know, school um, preparation, mm-hmm. but we can wait 15 minutes. We can do that at 8:45. At 8:30, let's just hang out and just be us, hold hands, chat, um, and it's it's really honestly made all the difference in the world. It's such a simple thing, it, and it really it really is that simple. And what I always like to tell my clients is. You know, most of us, if we're only spending two, three minutes, maybe five minutes at a time interacting with each other, then what we're at is what I call informational exchange. You know, um, I had this meeting today or Susie's doctor's appointment went this way, and we're staying in the fact kind of stuff. But, like, if you're talking about if we're still talking 15 minutes, 20 minutes, a half an hour later, we're down into, well, how do I feel about what Susie's doctor said or, you know, yeah, what was exactly. my opinion about this? And we're now into that place where we're connecting at a much deeper level. And it's like you said, it doesn't take a huge amount of time. Right. Yep. And and a lot of times people feel stuck. So it's like, you know, we haven't done that in our whole marriage. So what's, what, what in the world are we going to do for 15 minutes? And it can be really awkward. And it's, it's funny because you think back to when you're dating and you could, you know, 15 minutes was nothing. You'd call each other and you'd talk all the time. And, you know, in my generation, we'd write handwritten notes. Now I'm sure it's, it's texting and everything else. But, um, but you know, it was like a constant. I, I craved being able to talk to her. But and I, I think part of it's, you know, being together for in our case, 20 years, 15 married. Um, but also, again, the culture has changed so much that everything is in, in Twitter speak and everything is in small mm-hmm. bite-sized, you know, attention, um, that 15 minutes can seem pretty overwhelming. And so, yeah, that's, I mean, the the book, 15-Minute Marriage Makeover, the whole thing is about what do you do? How, first, how do you find the 15 minutes? Because believe it or not, for some people, right. that's really difficult. And then what do you do with that? So it's basically like four, you know, week-long um, themes that people can follow. They're just things they can do together for 15 minutes that will enrich their, their married life. Um, and that helps right. a lot because people, that's the first question, okay, so what do we do? And it's like, right. first, what do we talk first, about? Right. Yeah, yeah. For the first night, maybe we'll find something to talk about. And we try, you know, I think at this point we've been doing it for many years. Um, so it's, it's okay. I think in our case, we're talking about the kids or, or whatever's on our mind. But for people who are starting out, we really try to give them some new topics, some, something a little deeper, and try to get away from kid kid talk because as parents, yes. 
like the default is always talking about the kids, right? And and that's okay. Right, or the bills, or the relationship, or something other than you know how do you feel about this? I mean, I always I always love the topic of okay. If we if we won the lottery, what would you want to do? And, <laughs> right. You know, right. it's like okay, well, you know, or or even you know, what's on your bucket list? Exactly. You know, what's yep. something you what's something that you'd really want to do if time and money weren't any object? Yes. Yeah, that's you know, great. I mean, and, I think there's lots of stuff. Yeah, and, and there's some, and it's funny you know, you planted some of those seeds and the breakthroughs that that happened. Um, for us, it was. There was a follow-up to starting this whole 15-minute thing in our in our marriage. Um, I believe we were actually away for a day-long uh, retreat. It was another retreat setting that we were speaking. But one of the things they had us do was, I think it's 15 minutes each, like basically we'd break apart, we'd talk, and then we'd write each other a letter, right? And and the theme of in that case was like something along the lines of, you know, what what's your dream lifestyle or your dream marriage look like? And was, mm-hmm. for us, it was huge, Um because, you know, as we were dating and we got married in the early years, we'd discuss these things, what would our life be like, you know, 10 years down the road. Um, and then a lot of those goals we had hit and we were doing pretty well. But um, one of the things that we had talked about early on was my wife might stay home with our when our kids were born. Um, that was something that she always wanted to do. And at this point, we had two children. We were on this retreat. She was teaching. She's a special education teacher. Um very happy with that, and, and I was happy with what I was doing in my career. But we started writing these letters and started talking about ideally, and it was like, well, ideally, it would be nice if you were home, and it, and it would be nice if I, you know, had more flexible work so that we could travel more with the kids mm-hmm. and do more things. Um, and that's what I was telling her, right? And she's telling me, ideally, I would like to stay home. But we both qualified it. Like in her case, ideally, we'd like to stay home, but I know financially it's not feasible. And I'm telling her, ideally, it would be great if you stayed home but I know you like to be independent. I know you, I know you love teaching. Well, that sparked right. this conversation. It's like, really? You think I, you'd want me to stay home? And really, you know, you'd like to stay home? And actually, you know, <laughs> a year later, we started planning from that point forward. Like, well, we could do this. So for the, you know, we had our third child. And from that point on, for the past uh, five years, my wife stayed home. And I don't know, you know, if well, that would have ever that's... come about if it wasn't for the little conversation that we started. Well, and I think that's the critical point is that, you know, what I see a lot, and I'm sure you run into this, is we kind of end up putting these relationships on autopilot because something happens. You know, we we have another child or somebody gets a new job or... You know, like you were talking about, um, you know, well, I want to I want to coach the baseball team. Yeah. And it, it's how does it fit into the overall plan? And the problem is, is that most people don't have an overall plan, even, you know, kind of like you're talking about, well, in the I- ideally, this would be what I would like to do. And, right. you know, and then, like you guys found out, you guys were thinking in the same Way and then it's like okay, well let's see what we can do to make this happen. And then you've taken your relationship off autopilot, and now you're acting with intention about well, here's where we want to go. How do we get there? Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, and I think what's common in our case, we knew each other so well that I had made assumptions about what she was thinking about that topic, and she made assumptions about what I was thinking on that topic. And it's not that even the assumptions were off, but we both, you know, were open to other ideas. Um, but we were both almost like, oh, scared is the right word, or we we just kind of completely put it out of mind and dismissed it as a possibility because of the assumptions we had made over the past preceding you know few years. 
And then, mm-hmm. yeah, all it took was a conversation is like, well, what if and why do you feel that way? And it's the things you talked about, getting past some of the surface talk um, and really getting to some of the core issues. And, we, you know, that's, that's just one of many examples in our own marriage. And, um, you know, with engaged marriage, we've been fortunate enough to have over 5 million people visit our site. Mm-hmm. And we, we get to interact with a lot of couples. And mm-hmm. it, 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 that's, you know, we're certainly not alone in that. Um, and it's all about getting started and comes back, you know, full circle to where we started. Um, you know, I think a lot of people just immediately say, look, this is a really busy part of our time in our life. And, you know, we're doing, we're doing what we can do maybe later, you know, maybe when, when the kids are out of the house, we'll be able to reconnect. And, and the unfortunate part yeah, is, you unfortunately, know, sure by the time the kids have the left the house, time. they've, yeah, by the time the kids leave the house, they, you know, they're sitting there at the kitchen table going, who are you and what are you doing exactly. in my house? And we, we've lost the connection. And the critical point that we have to keep coming back to, I think, is it doesn't take a lot of time, but we have to make that time a priority. It's like, I mean, because I remember years ago, um, and I'm going to date myself here because my, my <laughs> husband and I used to write each other, my husband and I used to write each other love letters when we first got together. So, but I'm dating myself back to, you know, there were a bunch of TV shows that I liked to watch, and they all happened to be on at 10 o'clock at night. And my husband wanted to go to bed at 10 o'clock at night. And so it was like he was going to bed, and I was staying up and watching TV. And then all of a sudden, I look across, and wait, there's a VCR. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can record all of these shows. And just doing that then allowed my husband and me to go to bed at the same time, which allowed us to spend time together. Wasn't We weren't always being physical, but if we wanted to be physical, at least we were in the same place at the same time. Exactly, yeah. And, and both awake. You know, I mean, and it was it was really that simple as, I don't need to stay up for an extra hour to, for, and first off, none of the shows were all that, put up against my marriage, none of the shows were important enough to, to do that. But I mean, we see this all the time with, you know, people, guy, guys who have to watch every single football game. Um, you know, I'm kind of glad that the whole fantasy sports thing is, is getting a hit because, you know, everybody's spending so much time focusing on the games that they're forgetting who their partner is. Right. Or the, or video or the women with or, you know, watching yeah. The Bachelor or whatever the heck anybody's doing. Right. <laughs> right. No, and that's, and that's a good example, I mean, um, of, of the boundary idea. So, you know, c- kind of my, my motto around this is forget about balance. Like that's maybe, I don't know, at some point in time, maybe that was even possible. But the problem is people feel like if they're not perfectly balanced, then why bother? And, and then when they know they're not ba- balanced, quote, unquote, then everyone starts feeling guilty. And that's this whole idea of they'll be happier by letting go of this idea of being balanced. And, and mm-hmm. instead focus on boundaries. And one that you just mentioned is, is one of the ones that, that we talk about a lot, which is going to bed at the same time. Um, right. There's, you know, there's a lot of boundaries. If someone has shift work or whatever, that, we under, that's understandable. But if you're in the house at the same time, it'd be a, it's a great thing to go to bed at the same time. And um, my right. wife and I, you know, struggled with that for the same reasons. I'd be up working late and she'd just go to bed. And it didn't seem like a big deal, but when I – committed to uh, going to bed at the same time, even if I was laying in bed reading while she slept or if she watched a TV show while I slept, just being there at the same time in, in bed was helpful. Um, but yeah, some of the other ones I think you know, your listeners might be able to grasp easily and, and, and do something right. with. We have, Like in our house, we have a, a blackout zone from 6 to 8 p.m., which basically means after we're all home and we have dinner as a family, so well, one of them is that we all 
almost always as much as possible around baseball and things. We we do have dinner as a family. And then beyond that, mm-hmm. though, after, between dinner and when the kids go to bed, there's uh, no phone, no computer time. And that's for all of us. So, you know, <laughs> right. like my kids want to play yeah. an iPad or, or their DS, so they can do that before dinner, after school. But after dinner, no, there's like a two- or three-hour window there where I don't, I'm not checking my email. I'm not on the laptop. My wife's not doing that. Um, and that, that's a huge boundary. And it's one that right. most families would really benefit from. Um, another, you, you know, you, like you don't you don't hear all the teenagers breaking out into a cold sweat right now. Right, right. <laughs> what? What? I have to put my book. Yeah. Well, and it's actually not just it's actually not just the teenagers; it's their parents as well. And parents, yeah. and <clears> this is happily too, ever after. All right, this is happily ever after is just the beginning on WebTalkRadio.net. I am Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with Dustin Reichman, author of The 15-Minute Marriage Makeover and the creator of EngagedMarriage.com about how you can take back your marriage. If you are struggling in this area, I might be able to help. I offer a free, no-obligation strategy session that will get you on track to creating the marriage you've always wanted. So take a moment right now and send me an email at Leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com that's f-o-u-n-d-a-t-i-o-n-s coachingnc.com or give me a call at area code 919-924-0463 and now I'm going to get back to this great conversation about how you can set boundaries around your relationship and you know Dustin you talk in the article about um multitasking and everybody seems to think well I can watch TV or be on my iPad and I'm still present with my partner can you kind of blow that out of the water <laughs> yeah I mean I think the simplest way to put it is that multitasking is a myth I think it's it's been proven a myth from every study out there I'm, I do a lot of reading on you know productivity time management business things these are just things that I geek out on and <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it just—it seems like you're doing a good job, and it seems like you're you're achieving multiple things at once, but you're really just honestly not. And I think if you if you do an experiment and you try for a day or a week to always be present in the one thing that you're doing, so I mean that's as simple as when you're writing emails at work, only write emails at work. Don't like have your phone beeping at you for Facebook notifications. Don't um, try to do an email while you're on the phone with someone. Just do one thing at a time. Your focus is so much clearer. Um, it, it's been shown that when people try to multitask, when you, your, your brain is actually, it's almost like you're intoxicated, right? It's like you're, you're just not having your full function. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 right. from the time you switch from one task to another task, it actually takes you, you know, up to 10 minutes to kind of get your brain actually fully focused on the task at hand. So if you're in this situation where you're constantly switching from one thing to the other, like you're trying to talk to your wife while you're on your laptop, and your kids are asking you questions. It's, it's, you're you're not getting their you know you're not giving anyone their full attention. And and I've again I've been guilty of this. I, a lot of the things on our blog, a lot of things in, in the products and and the workshops that we do is all from personal experience. And then going out to you know, people like you, Leslie, you know, true experts in the field, and finding out what's how to fix them, and then fixing them in our own relationship and sharing that with others. And one of the areas right. that I feel guilty about in my past is I would do just just what we described whether it's my phone or it's my laptop, during that, that window of family time after dinner and before the kids are in bed, I'd be sitting there on my phone browsing or doing an email, mm-hmm. and inevitably my kids would either want to play or they'd ask me a question, and I'd kind of you know give them a, give them a quick answer kind of 
and I started realizing that, look, I'm not, I'm, I'm totally, I'm in their eyes, I'm ignoring them, right? And then as they got older, right. they started telling me that, which is really hurtful. It's like, Dad, you're not even listening. Right. Well, that's you know, Dad. I, I just want to play, you know, Uno or whatever, and you're on your phone right. all the time. And they, they started saying stuff like that. You're on your phone all the time. It's like, oh my gosh, like I got to get rid of this. Well, <laughs> and it's you know, and interestingly enough, because I was just reading the other day about a study that was done, um, and it was a study in dating. And it was just having the phone on the table, not looking at it, but like even face down on the table, that the part that the partner thought that they weren't as important or or they're being listened to. Just, I mean, the person wasn't even looking at the phone; it was just merely there. And that, yep. to me, was a really interesting finding, and we do it all the time. I mean, it's like I said, when I watched that commercial last night, I I, I wanted to yell at the television <laughs> because yeah. we're normalizing this. We're saying this is how you should be living your life, and what you and I are suggesting, which is Probably if well, definitely the way I was raised because there were no computers when I was growing up. There were there was to tell my children yes, there was television. I did not cross the country in a covered wagon, despite what you think. But you know, I mean, even now people just automatically turn on the TV. I've got a couple right now where you know they turn on the TV in the morning and they're not talking to each other. I said, turn it off. And they're looking at me like, what do you mean turn it off? It's got, it does have an off switch. You know, how did we get so consumed by this busyness and getting away from, you know, so a goal is to have dinner one night a week with your family. Right. How did we do this? Yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly, and I hope the pendulum will, will swing the other way. I mean, I'm, I'm 36 years old, so I, I, I've had the benefit of living in kind of two generations. So, you know, as I was growing up and then even up through when I graduated college, you know, I had an email account. And when I got to college, mm-hmm. I had an email account. But in high school and, and before, and I've been with my wife since high school, we didn't have email, we didn't have phones. Um, you know, we had, well, we actually had old school landline phones, yeah, yeah. but we didn't have... It, <laughs> right, and, yeah, and were, they were attached distance. to the wall, yeah. <laughs> right, everything was long distance, so you, you, couldn't, you, know, you couldn't talk. You had to be pretty focused on what you were talking about. But, but my point being, I've lived that part, you know, where it's like, it was just, it was handwritten love letters, and it was, you know, we'd love to talk on the phone every moment we could, and just hanging out, sitting on the couch, talking and being with friends and things like that without all the technology. And, of course, now I live in the generation, especially, you know, having an online business and, and being plugged in that way, that mm-hmm. I, see, I see the the addiction to it. I mean, I think it's truly an epidemic. It's an addiction, um, and it, it doesn't take it. Everyone sees it, right? I mean, and you go out, try to go on a date night with your wife or and your husband, yeah. and sit there and watch. I mean, just look around. Eighty percent of the people will be on their phone during during dinner, um, whether they're families exactly. or they're they're a couple out, you know, at a nice steak restaurant. It works all couples. You still look, and it's like they're not even talking. They're just plugging away on their phones. And and I know what they're doing. They're just looking at Facebook. They're, it's nothing important. It's all things that'll be there in the evening after the date. But if they're so conditioned to it, it's like you know mice going to get those next the next hit of of uh, chemicals out of a in a test in a test situation. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just this constant feeling of anxiousness if you're not checking it. And uh, right. I, I think but, it's but somehow you know, they don't feel anxious it. to be disconnected from their partner. 
No. And I'm and wondering then, if they even realize that they are. I don't think they do, and, and that's you know that's where the reaction to like the post that you're talking about. We get those reactions, um, you know, whether ironically they'll come via social media, but you know, it'll be on Facebook, <laughs> it'll be it'll be a Twitter message or an email, and someone's like, look, you know, we've been doing this our whole marriage, and I'm glad you said that because I'm I'm starting to feel like he doesn't appreciate me anymore. You know, he doesn't ever right. talk to me. All he, all he does is sit on his phone on the couch, or all he does is play video games, right. um, computer games, and things like that. And it, unfortunately, and I'm sure you see it on, on the practice side where this will manifest and all of a sudden it's like a breakdown point and someone's completely fed up and they're ready to get divorced, they're ready to split up because they've grown apart or they don't feel appreciated. And a lot of that comes from never having real conversations because we're so distracted. So I don't know, it, it's, right. it's, it's funny. It's almost like a, a pornography discussion where it seems innocent enough and that's how it right. starts. But then it grows and grows. It becomes an addiction. And before you know it, you know, that's always the, I never saw this coming in my own relationship. Before I knew it, she I, she didn't want to have, you know, we didn't want to be intimate anymore. Or she, you know, had mm-hmm. an affair. He had an affair because he felt like I was never truly there for them. And so much of that comes from just not having as little as 15 minutes a day to reconnect and, and just be with each other as a couple. And it's, it's so... Right frustrating sometimes to know that that's that you know I'm, I'm sure that's not the cure for every ill but for a lot of people you know that would make all the difference in their world well but part of it also is and and one of the things that i always tell my clients when i tell them because i any marriage person worth their salt always suggests date night Sure. And I actually suggest date night with a couple of rules, meaning you cannot talk about the children, mm-hmm. you cannot talk about work, and heaven forbid, do not talk about the status of your relationship. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the purpose is to go out and have fun. Just have fun, reconnect, and do this. And it's kind of what you're saying is that if we did this on a daily basis, if we stayed connected, then when we do have to have a hard conversation, whether it's something about the kids or something about our relationship or something, we have the foundation, the connection, the closeness to have that conversation in a safe way and and our relationship doesn't spin out of control because oh my gosh we're now talking about this hard subject whether you know like staying home you know do I want to stay home with the kids can we afford it that can be a hard conversation to have even though it's sure. a positive conversation yeah or you're faced with debt or you are faced with an addiction or you're faced with an in-law or a parent who's sick and you're going to have to be away caring for them if, if the only time you talk is when there's really hard things to talk about, yeah, it's really difficult. Whereas if you're in the practice of talking and you have an open relationship that you, you talk on a daily basis, um, you do have date nights on a regular basis, it, yeah, it makes the hard stuff a whole lot easier to handle. Um, and that's just, yeah, the date night's just another example of a boundary. So mm-hmm. um, when people hear boundaries, it's got this negative connotation, like I'm, you're limiting yourself, but it's really very freeing. To know that I'm, I'm as hard as this week is, I know you know Thursday night I get to have a date night and we're going to go do you know have dinner or, or and you don't have to get out of the house and we can't afford a babysitter right. all the all the all the objections you know, we can have a date night right. the kids are in bed you pour a glass of wine mm-hmm. you don't have a TV on and you just hang out or you play a card game or you know whatever you want to do but you can do it at home it doesn't have to be some elaborate right. expensive experience um, and I think if people right. can make a boundary of 
we always have date nights on Thursday nights or the second and fourth Thursday of every month are date nights. Then you know, right. look, I'm not going to schedule a social event. Kids are going to have to miss baseball practice or, you know, whatever right. it is. If it happens and it's not going to be the end of the world. Right. It's all scheduled and it's it's part of our family. It's part of our marriage. It's a boundary, that, a healthy thing that we've established and it um, it puts us first in our schedules. Yeah. So I want to I want to go back to the article because I'm I'm looking at these at these things and I have to get this out here because we're talking about this and you say spouse time is not work time so you can put your phone away and actually have a conversation with your husband or wife. Kid time is not chore time. At least you say not always. So you can play with the dolls now and be present. And I think that's really what you're saying here is how do we make it so that in this moment I am really here with you. Yes, and and I think the struggle there is, like you said, is type A personalities are, you know, it's just we're always feeling like because time is so scarce that if I'm not being productive or I'm not learning something or I'm not mm-hmm. doing something, it's a waste of time. And so that's that's right. always the that's always the, the thing that pulls us into multitasking. So yeah, when right. I sit there and play with my kids play the game of life without having to feel like I'm, I'm Check your phone. checking my budget <laughs> yeah, or, or, or thinking about my next you know, adventure or blog post or what I'm going to do with my friends this weekend. How can I make it to where I can actually sit there and do that and not feel, ironically, feel guilty for the things I'm not doing? And the way to do that right. is to have, have specified time for the other things, too. So if you have work time and you're able to you know, leave that during work time, or in this case, the chore time, meaning, look, if I, I know I have to pay bills this week, but if I know every Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock I, I, spend, in, I spend 30 minutes paying bills, well, then Sunday morning before church and the kids want to play a game, I don't. I, I know you're I've available. got dedicated time yeah, for the other stuff later. So this time is, is family time, and I can just do family. Well, and I guess I'm wondering um, – how we get people to to stop looking at the care and feeding of their relationship and their family as a waste of time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, to a, me, it's like, okay, <laughs> how is that a waste of your time? I, I, you know, I don't, but maybe that's, maybe that's just me and because of what I do. But can you, you, in the article, you talk about a quick rundown of how couples can get started making this change um, creating these boundaries. So could, would you just run through those real quickly for the, for the listeners? Absolutely, because you may be hearing all this, and you probably would nod your head and agree, yeah, these are all good ideas. And no one would say, spouse, yeah, time with my spouse, time with my family, that's a waste of time. But that's how we actually practice a lot of times. So mm-hmm. how can you actually make this change? I think the first step is to talk to your spouse about it. Say, look, I heard this, this uh, radio interview. Um, I read this post really good ideas. I've been feeling guilty about this for myself, and I would like to be a better wife or a better husband. So can we, you know, at 8.30 tonight when the kids are in bed, can we sit down for 15 minutes and just talk about our family schedule, right? So just kind of open a conversation with your spouse. Don't make it accusatory. Mm-hmm. Don't be like, look, you know, I'm so sick of you. Make it about yourself. Like, <laughs> look, I, I would feel better if we, right. I could set up some boundaries for us. And then sit down, and during that conversation, then you guys can share where you've been frustrated in your relationship um, when it comes to this idea of of feeling guilty all the time about your time. Um, Right, and being careful not to attack your partner. No, that's that's really critical. (laughs) I feel bad because, you know, Braden, my son, told me I'm on my phone all the time, or I feel bad because, you know, I'm sitting there wanting to 
at dinner to have a good conversation, but all I can think about is work. And so I'm sitting here with you tonight that so we can come up with a plan to so I don't have to feel guilty anymore. Do you have any similar feelings or frustrations? You know, surely your 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 spouse will. They'll be like, Yeah, you know, I feel mm-hmm. like all I do is laundry and I really just wanna, you know, have some time to, to play a board game with the kids or invite friends over or have a date night, you know, why we used to do that. Why don't we do it anymore? And that is just opening mm-hmm. the conversation, making it about you. Um, and then at that point, I think the really important part here is to agree on just one boundary that you can do for a week, right? So it's not about wholesale change. We're going to change our whole lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can always grow from there, but just pick one little thing. And it may be that 15 minutes a couple time. It might be the date night. It might be no technology between 6 and 8. It might be, you know, whatever, whatever, wherever you're feeling frustrated, just choose one thing right. and agree to that. Start off simple and do it for a week and say, look, after, right. after a week, this might, we might decide this was no good, no pressure. We'll just, quit. we'll, we'll go back to what we we're doing. You can always go back, but just, right. yeah, just, just dedicate to each other that you'll agree on one thing that's easy and reasonable. Try it. If it works well, you can expand from there. Right. So it's one, do one thing different. Do just one thing and commit yep. to it for a week. Yep. See Sounds pretty does. easy. Absolutely. So Dustin, where can people where can people find you and learn more about this and become one of the five million people that follows you on your <laughs> blog post? Well, I appreciate that. Um so the website is engagedmarriage.com, so it's engaged with a D on it. Um play on words there. But engagedmarriage.com. If you come there, uh, you're around the front page, you'll you'll get to know a little more about myself, my wife, Stephanie. Um, there's an opportunity there to sign up for a newsletter, and you know that's where we share all the new posts, um, any you know special programs or or uh, you know experts that we brought on. Uh, that's so mm-hmm. the newsletter is the easy way. There's a lot of free gifts that you'll get uh, when you sign up. So I would definitely encourage people to come over and sign up for the newsletter. If you guys are on social media, um, we're we're on all those as well, and it's engaged marriage kind of across the board on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, but yeah, just mm-hmm. uh, come over and, and we're real we're real accessible right there on the site. You'll see a contact us, and if you have a question or you're wanting to dig deeper into this, feel free to shoot me uh, an email uh, there, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. And I'm sure uh, Leslie can probably link up the uh, the particular post that we're talking about today to make it easy for you to find. Oh, I will. And what's important to know is that we tell people what's important to us by how we spend our time. And if you only spend a limited amount of time with your spouse, the message you're sending, even if it's not the message you mean to be sending, but the message that you're sending is that your marriage isn't a priority. Maybe this is the message that you're getting from your partner, and they probably don't mean it either. But it doesn't really matter. If that isn't the message that you want in your relationship, then you need to take action now so your marriage will not just survive but will thrive. And so keep listening for more ideas on how to keep your marriage healthy and happy. And until next week, stay loving.